This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode of Misery Hunters is brought to you by Paisley Craft Beer Co. Paisley's number one and only craft beer venue. You can sit in and take away, and we've also just introduced a local delivery service. So, if you live in the Renfrewshire area and are looking for craft beer, we can deliver the same day if you order before one o'clock. Next day delivery as well for any time after that. Minimum order is £20. Any orders over 60, you get free delivery. So, what are you waiting for? Go to paisleycraftbeer.com. That's paisleycraftbeer.com. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and in true Misery Hunter fashion, once we've finally won a game, we only have one person else on and that is Sam Smith. Alright, good evening. Hi Hannah, it's a poor show for the rest of them. But... It is a poor show. I mean they all have excuses but... None of them are good enough to be missing it, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's true. Patrick Craig, Craig's obviously a main holiday technically but the rest... Fuck them. <laughs> no, but for, I mean, fuck Craig for going on holiday in the middle of the season. Aye, missing, missing some. Uh, I think a bit. Oh, yeah, he's back this Saturday, which is only. I mean, he's absolutely he's missing absolutely fuck all other than folk morning on Twitter about uh, cheap tickets. But ah, we'll get uh, to that's that. what it is. We will get to that. Um, first and foremost, we'll we'll talk about a, a, a defeat. It seems so long ago, but. Um, the the Hibs game, like it's more more or less out of my memory, even though I did watch it. Uh, Sam, you were there. I was. Aye, it was. 
<clears throat> I think it was probably the most, probably the worst they've played. Hunter Robinson, actually, I'd probably say. Uh, I, I'm kind of always trying to knock out the games against the old firm. Uh, obviously, Rangers game is a bit of a write off. We get tanked for nil off on the day, probably the, the best team in the league. And I think, uh, aye, we made, we made Tibbs look a lot better than what they, they should be. I think, if going to give, give us credit, but something I think we were a lot better defensively. I think definitely over the, the wee break we had. We'd, uh, obviously, Robinson worked well to kind of tighten up the defence, but then any sort of game plan you've got gets fired right at the window when Richard Tate's got to come off. I think it was like within the first 20 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, you've worked for two weeks to go back to playing the shape of five at the back. And then it's thrown right out the window. And then you've got, you know, Marcus Fraser going back to right back, who's been really vulnerable defensively. And I, I just think that the, when he went off, it didn't really suit us at all. We faded at the game. We never created much at all in the first half, apart from it. I think Brophy forced a kind of decent save for Macy. Uh, other than that, the second half and Tanzer hit the bar was the other chance I know. But I it was a, a really lacklustre performance. There was there was nothing. A few individuals were horrendous. I thought it was probably the worst game power had in a while. But he wasn't helped either by, by Erehon next to him. Erehon with the kind of games that he's becoming a bit of a signature for him. He just he'll start well for the first 10, 15 minutes and then just completely lose interest as soon as somebody hits him a wee bit harder. He doesn't want to get involved in the dirty side of the game, which is frustrating. Obviously, we know how good he is. We all, I think everybody, everybody that's on the podcast still says the same thing. He's quite clearly a very gifted footballer, but what, for whatever reason, he seems to be wasting it away. I'd imagine we'll get to it later, but obviously the interest in him, it's probably best for him if he does get to first. <laughs> uh, probably is, yeah. And um, the, the goal to concede, it really... Like Hibs were really not offered much to that game. That I think that's what's the most frustrating thing about losing that game is Hibs were fucking awful. Uh, and then they really run up, have one chance and they score from it. Aye. I said after the game, uh, after, I think I tweeted after the game, I said, listen, we didn't by no means deserve to win it, but we definitely didn't deserve to lose it. You know, Hibs' only chance of the game. I think it was the only save, though the only, I mean, you should have fucking saved it, but uh, it was the only, the only thing that, Anik really had to deal with and he dealt with it really poorly I thought uh, you, know, you get taught for the young age as a goalie if you're going to communicate spread yourself make yourself look big he kind of goes out his way to go into the side and make yourself a wee bit too narrow and to be fair take nothing away for Henderson it's a good finish but it was an incredibly frustrating goal to lose you know it was just one ball over the top completely completely undone any of the good defensive work we done I think uh, McCarthy I think it was Sean as he made the initial tackle but McCarthy's a wee bit a position uh, flicks it through and I, as I said a, a decent enough finish for Henderson but mm. over the piece I think in the last two years you'd probably expect Anik to to do a bit better with it but aye, it is what it is he's not he's no Superman you know he's probably making one error when he's mm-hmm. been brilliant for the two years he's been here There was calls I think for it to be offside but I mean I was watching it uh, on Sitmore TV and I mean, there was not one angle where you can actually see if it would have been offside or not, so I generally have no idea. And you'd probably have to go by, like, the main stand. Um, and, I mean, I mean, the reaction and some of the players' reactions would say it might have been, but, like, it's one of those ones you, you it's hard to really tell. And it's not, not really been talked about since, so <coughs> it probably was no, the effect decision. I don't, I don't think there was any, any controversy in the decision. I think the referees kind of got on with it pretty well. I even watched it on sports scene. Sports scene are usually pretty weird for looking at the, the lines with the, the wee rulers on the telly. Mm-hmm. 
Stevie Thompson, Marvin Bartley going over it with a tooth comb, but nah, it was definitely onside and just really frustrating. I think even Robinson summed it up pretty well after the game. He said he didn't think we'd done enough to win it, but we definitely never done enough to. We definitely didn't deserve to lose it, but I it's another. It was another three points dropped that gave people more reason to get on it. The management team, and to be fair, I think it was for the first time it was probably justified. Mm-hmm. But I move on. Obviously, can go on to the positive next. Yeah, we'll move on to the positive, and uh, I will say that you're going to do most of the heavy lifting on this because. The, the Food and Drink Festival was there on Saturday and it was the busiest Saturday I've ever had in the shop to which a customer had to go, oh, he's good, he's got a result. And I went, shit, we were playing the day. <laughs> totally for, forgot because I've kept that busy. But thank you to everybody who attended. That was very handy. Um, but yeah, uh, three points. I just watched the highlights there. Um, we looked pretty much in control of the game. St. Johnson's chances were... I mean, did they have a shot on target? I didn't really see no. in any of the highlights. No. Anik making a save. There's a few by the post, like some pot shots from outside the box. But other than that, St. Johnson didn't really offer much. And that's probably why they're, they're in the position that they are. Um, but for, um, obviously, we're kind of forced to start Grieve um, because of the injury to Brophy and that happened in the, uh, the Hibs game and he, he was on the bench. But he looked like he was causing issues and I think he got the first real shot of the game at the start as well, forcing them Park to make a good save. Aye, that, that was genuinely within a minute of the game. Maybe I, I think it was probably in 20-30 seconds that happened. Uh, obviously we won the ball up pretty high, Gogic plays the ball in and grieving to be honest, I think a couple of people have touched on it, it really, it really set the tone for the game, you know, the Grieve and we'll get to it. The front, the front two pairing were brilliant, but Grieve especially. You know, his pace does cause real problems for defences. And I think while we've still got the kind of raw youthfulness of a guy who would be willing to run anywhere, willing to put his body anywhere just to prove himself, we need to take advantage of it as much mm-hmm. as we can. You know, it's inevitable over time we become a bit smarter. They'll no run about as much, but you know, he ran his he ran his arse into the ground and he was he was brilliant. We got our just rewards for the front pairing's performance uh, and it, I, as I said it set the tone and as you said St Johnston are, you can see why they've not won mm-hmm. many games this season they are a really really bad football team but you'd expect to see a bit more fight for a team that you know if they won that was probably they would they would have brought us right back into it within they'd have been in within two points I think it would mm-hmm. have been yeah uh, would have put us under serious pressure but that would be worth controlled start to finish as you say, restricted them to next to no chances. I think the, probably the best one came for just inside the box for a guy I'd probably love to sign, Callum Hendry. Uh, he was unlucky with that one that flashed just past the post in the first half, but aye, it was a canter, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Before we kind of we talk about the goal, like um, you mentioned there about Callum Hendry, um, a player you want to sign. Anybody else from that St. Johnson team that you would take a gamble on if they went down? I think the only other player yeah. would, would be Middleton and that would Aye. then even maybe, that would they fit into the maybe no nah I'd, I'd maybe maybe take a punt on Jamie McCart I quite like him I think, I think McCart's good good left footed centre half obviously the, we've seen we, they're obviously a bit of a rarity it was a good one was after for two or three years it was it mm-hmm. gives your back line a good balance but you know having a bit of rusty going sign him eh, I don't I don't think they've got any other than Hendry that I'd be particularly interested mm-hmm. in I mean that their benches especially but you know some of the subs I mean even their bench Murray Davidson still starts games for them in <laughs> 2022 and Cammy McPherson's probably their best midfielder so it says a lot about where they're at 
compared to compared to us, and there's only one league place in between the two teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the goal um, that came, it was uh, was it a ball from Ronan up to no, the, uh, is it, no? uh, Zidane, big Gogic, was that? Um, I think I might have another chance, but uh, good ball from Gogic. Uh, Grieve obviously gets onto it, does the right thing, cuts it back. <clears throat> Uh, onto Kilty who slots at home and it just shows you that Kilty in that number 10 role like how good he actually is like the amount of times he's been forced out of that position this season and you, when you Aye. see him play in that position and how natural he is and him creating goals and scoring goals you, you, it is frustrating the amount of times we've played games not picked up anything not even threatened the goal line and he's been put out of that position but when you put him back in the position he obviously creates danger Aye, he's a a really good player, and we said it was the first six months of the season that he's wasted. He was wasted in the position he was getting played. You know, Goodwin's trying to play with two number tens and essentially having to play Kilty and centre midfield, which never worked. Mm-hmm. Playing him next to McArthur really, really limited. It probably took six months off his career where he could have been playing. Probably in the best team he's probably played in so far. And he's probably a starring role, and what could have probably been a, a really big part of his career. And Goodwin obviously stunted his growth a bit, but. You know, since January, in fairness, they did they put him straight in behind the striker in the number ten, and that's where you get the best. Damon Robinson said as much after the game. He says like it's just you've got to build your team around guys like that. Mm-hmm. You know, guys that are good number tens that can chip in with goals, get assists. You know, you need to find a way to get them in the team no matter what. And hopefully, hopefully we can see him in there. You know, I, I really like Kilt as a player. I think he's got a, a very good knack at making good late runs into the box and getting goals like that more often than. I mean, he could have probably done it. As I say, he could have been doing this for the first six months of the season, but we fucked about, we fucked about the formations that that weren't working. Uh, it was a, a good goal, though. good, really good. You know, it was quick. It really weren't three passes. We managed to cut them open completely. And good, obviously, you see about uh, Gorgic's pass as well. He was, uh, he was by a by a country mile the best player in the part on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He was, he was excellent start to finish. He was everywhere. You know, he was winning. Picking up every loose ball, starting moves, driving forward constantly, and aye, he was a menace. And even hit a direct free kick, albeit it hit right off the wall. But I mean, it hit off the aye. wall, and then he took a shot aye, afterwards. Aye, after aye, that, so, aye, uh, aye, so I've seen it all now. I've seen Alexander Gogic a direct free kick. And I get, I guess the the point everybody's waiting for us to make is uh, Curtis Main. Not not the most popular player that's ever been from this podcast. We kind of defended him at the start of the season. That kind of wore off quickly because we realised he doesn't do much. But he just went out and put out a fantastic performance while carrying an injury. Like he has to get injections before every match. Um, is waiting for surgery, which will probably get done pre-season or over the summer. Um, so it kind of adds to how good that performance was. I. Listen, I think at the time, obviously, people are stupidly judging him on how many goals he scores. You know, at the time when he was brought in, it was said, listen, this guy isn't going to come in and score the 15, 20 goals a season that everybody wants. And it's daft to suggest that he should be judged on that. But everything that Goodwin probably thought he was going to get to the Curtis main, and everything that Robinson previously got at Motherwell was what we seen on Saturday. He was an absolute he was a battering run. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, obviously Rooney and Gordon McCart are three big physical guys. He don't really get shoved about a lot and you know, main main really did rattle the freedom about his passing was excellent. I thought he sold up there was brilliant as well. We never lost a ball in the air. 
kept running all the way at the very end. And I, you know, if you're, you can kind of overlook the lack of goals he's going to. If you're playing a guy like that, you know fine well he's not going to score goals. You can probably overlook it if he's making the job for a guy like Grieve or Brophy ten times easier. So, aye, it'd be obviously good luck to the guy when he gets his operation in the summer. Hopefully it helps and then hopefully he can come back in pre-season. If, if he doesn't go, you know, obviously if he goes, then aye, fair enough, we'll cut a loss. He's, he's probably on a decent wage. But, you know, if he comes back and he does that mm-hmm. 30 times next season, then aye, you've got a real handful of a striker in your hands. We do, we do. Um, kind of touching on, I think, points that we made, we've not made them on the podcast, but we definitely made them in the group chat, at least there's... Um, next season when Robinson gets his sort of team in shape and we know we'll probably sign a couple of wingers and his style of play I'm really excited to see what how what numbers Alex Grieve can can put up I think either even Brophy like I think Brophy's probably been like the fact that he went out on a limb and signed for us because of the promises of the type of football that was going to be played by Goodwin he's probably been let down by this situation that he's not been able to score goals because like the dish, like the delivery into the box and stuff for him's been dreadful. Like creativity Aye. from the midfield's been missing. So, like under Robinson, you reckon at least one of them's going to go over ten goals next season. Oh, de- definitely, and I think probably you're obviously Brophy's the best striker at the club by a, by a mile. You know, he's the best best finisher. You know, when you give if you're wanting a chance to drop to something in the box, you're wanting to drop to Brophy because nine teams out of ten he'll get it on target and put it in the back of the net but I think Grieve really suits the way Robinson liked to play at Motherwell you know Motherwell always did a kind of speedy combative really eager guy who'd be willing to make plenty of runs you know, when they'd obviously Chris Long Callum Lang Devante Cole Tony Watt they've always had guys like that so I, I, I really I think next season will probably be the one that Grieve will, will really begin to shine a wee bit more than he has already this season mm-hmm Definitely. And um, anything else you want to touch on from the St. Johnson game? Uh, to, uh, the only other kind of major incident I can think of it was probably the one with McCall. Mm-hmm. Or oh, uh, stamp I on think, Grieve. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think it was. I definitely think it was a, a red card. I think he was really lucky. Obviously, after Mark was talking about uh, Gogic at the Plenary Year, saying he had to stop Alex Grieve from getting leathered off a of Jamie McCall, which is. Quite funny. Uh, I it was just it was not there was no need for it. I think the tackle initially was pretty bad. And it probably summed up the frustration. McCart was getting absolutely nothing for Grieve all day. You know, it's quite embarrassing. The uh, cup double winner for the best St Johnston team all time was getting scudded about a boy that was playing public parks, <laughs> playing in public parks in New Zealand six months ago. But aye, I'll come up to him. And not as we found out, not doing bird baths. If anybody knows what that is. Um, Mark, Mark did ask if he if he's ever had a bird bath or, or if he could have a bird bath or something but um, he got really offended by the fact that well, he didn't know what it was and then he got explained and apparently got offended that he thought that we would know he, or he would know what that was so <laughs> Aye, and we also can't repeat what a bird bath is no. on the podcast Google unless it. you want us to get just Google it but we will get taken right off of Spotify, Acast, YouTube <laughs> you name it <laughs> If we describe it as, I mean, it's not something. That, the, the the only reason we know about well, is from a TikTok that Russell Howard done. So, like, I'm pretty well, sure. Well, you do. I, 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 yeah, we well, do knew about it. I didn't. So, uh, 
I only knew I'd get it through you. You planted the seed, unfortunately. Apparently, it's a New Zealand thing, but Alex Grieve didn't know about it, so maybe not. Uh, uh, looking at the the Dundee game, our last home game on a Saturday. Um, yeah, because obviously we've got Livingston at home. Following that, um, I reckon like Dundee, like to show you that how far they're behind St Johnston. I mean, how many points are they now behind St Johnston? Like six, five, five. Five, yeah. And St Johnston are pretty bad. This is a game that you want, like Stephen Robinson, want to win. Like I, I generally think we're safe. We're we're not going down. What we yeah. need a point to be safe. Um, yeah, we 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 did a St Johnston need to win all three games regardless. Like uh, regardless, happen. yeah, that that's not happening. They're not winning another game this season. They won't win any of the games in the playoff either. But I think Dundee, in fairness to them, when I've kind of watched their games and watched their highlights, you know, on Saturday they probably could have been two or three nil up at halftime against Aberdeen. You know, I think they're a team that play well, and then once they realise that they're not going to maybe get that goal, they do tend to switch off. So. Listen, I think as long as they can, they're still got the belief in them that they can maybe claw back and make it a bit interesting over the last two games against Johnson. They're obviously going to be a threat, but I think they'll probably be without Charlie Adam for this one. Who, you know, he's a, their best player. You know, he's the, the one that makes everything tick for them. You know, when they replace him with a guy who's shite like Jordan McGee, you know, nothing, nothing really happens. So, I, I'm, I'm the same as you, really confident, Robinson. I'd imagine. He'll, if the players are up for it as well, you'd like to think that hopefully win this one. Maybe be two goals for a heavy mm-hmm. two goal cushion would be lovely mm-hmm. before heading to the before we head off to the best craft beer shop in Scotland. Yeah, so there's actually uh, uh, misery hunters like we're, we're all getting together to the the best craft beer shop in the west of Scotland um, for a few drinks. So if you if you want to come in and slag Ross or something, I mean that's the place to do it. Aye, definitely. I still suffer the time you want to come in and slag Ross. Aye, everybody always wants to do that. So. <laughs> I know. Aye, I, I think if I've got to make a prediction, I'd like to see that we'd finally win a game with a two-goal margin mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, but I go for go for two now. Uh, fancy Grieve and hopefully the the main man to score. But I would love Grieve to get finally get. I know we've been talking about finally get that hat trick, but it to be worse than Cody Cook's hat trick. Like a player, uh, like one I, of his goals is like a defender trying to clear it and it's bounced off his ass <laughs> and went into the bottom corner. One of them. I, I don't think you could get worse than Cody Cook's hat trick. I also seen uh, see the goalkeeper that let me go down, Jack Hamilton, say <laughs> Martin's player of the year. That's <laughs> that. That's me and my pal Billy were talking about it on the way back home for the game on Saturday when we were on the bus and we said like it is actually sad that Martin aren't like really good enough to play us any time soon in the next few years unless they draw us in a cup because that I mean that just shows the the difference in class. Like our best players, Connor Ronan, who's sought after by teams in the Bundesliga. There's is a goalkeeper who let in the worst three goals I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in a in a, a wee second. But I, I generally think we'll we'll get a win here. I'm still holding out my prediction that we'll get nine points in the split. We've got three so far. I, I reckon we'll beat I reckon we'll beat uh, Dundee and I reckon we'll beat Livingston and we'll get a point against Aberdeen. That's I think it. you said we were going to win three, didn't you? Mm-hmm, I did. Or was it four? Aye, no, aye. I said three. I said we were going to get nine points. We're a third of the way there. <laughs> aye, almost, almost there. Almost we'll three there. games left. Three mm-hmm. games left to do it. So, aye, we'll take that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you mentioned Conor Ronan there. He's been linked with, um, is it St. Pauli? Yeah. Aye. 
Yeah, amongst Hearts and stuff. He's not going to be in Scottish <clears> football <throat> next season. That's easy enough to say. Oh, hi. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. He's he's just he's a bit of a cut above playing for a team like Hearts or Aberdeen. He's I mean he's a fucking cut above playing for a team like us. Yeah. So I deal be I think a move like that would be really good for him. He seems to be pretty ballsy. You know, obviously he went on loan to Grasshopper before us and I think he was on loan at a Slovakian team as well. So you know, for a, a young guy, I say a young guy, he's a fucking year older than me, but uh, <laughs> He's obviously he's pretty smart. He's switched on. He'll go and play football wherever he knows he's going to get game time and make an impact. And I had like, I'd love to see somebody like going and go and play in the Bundesliga. He definitely deserves it. Mm-hmm. And uh, another possible going, going we kind of already mentioned there was Ethan Erehon. He um, is linked with was it moves to Portsmouth, Oxford, and Sassuolo. I I mean you'd jump at the chance to go early, wouldn't you? Even though I don't know. Oh. Don't know what but then that area is like. I think, I think the, the thing is, obviously, we, like Italy probably suits him a wee bit more. Mm-hmm. That style. You know, no one's ever doubted Ethan's technical ability. It's just his, you know, attitude, what rate, you know, the way he gets about the pitch. He's kind of, he's always a pretty lackluster. He shits his cell at tackles. I think he's, if he's going to go and learn how to be disciplined and how to... Yeah, you may as well go you know, to... Be a, go, go to the... I mean, the country that's famed for producing mm-hmm. the best defenders of all time. Like, I, I think it'd be daft not to take that opportunity if it came up. But I mean, again, done, I think it's done Aaron Hickey no harm. Like, he's now linked with fucking Juventus and stuff. It's yeah, I, I think Aaron Hickey's like the best performing, one of the best performing fullbacks in the world this mm-hmm. season for goals and assists and like defensive duels, one aerial duels and all that. So, I it's a place to go learn. Obviously, we're not saying that Aaron Hickey's uh, Ethan Erehon's at the same level Aaron Hickey, but now nah, if there's a, a place you want to go learn the the defensive side of the game, get a wee bit more discipline, probably get a bit up the arse, and a, I mean a better structure. Then I go for it. You know, I'll cover to him. I just don't think he's going to. Sadly, he's not going to reach his potential at us. No, no. Yeah. I think especially after the, the like. The comments he's made on like Instagram, we won't delve into it too much. But you know, it's not the first time he's done it. We've, we've not really shared them, but we've shared them in the group chat. Just like the odd dig here and there, especially after a transfer window where he said something about not getting a move. My time will come. Yeah, that was it. Um, you know, he's always had these digs, and it's a, he's always had like an attitude problem of such. That's why Goodwin sent him to Barnsley. Um, especially after the season, the season with Kearney it, it was a shame because it kind of looked like Anton Ferdinand had slightly took him under his wing to kind of screw his yeah. down for a bit and then obviously when he left it, it, I mean he then gets sent to Barnsley um, Aye, so the way I kind of thought about it obviously he made his debut under Jack Ross he was absolutely nowhere to be seen under stubs Kearney comes in plays him but dropped him once he got a proper left back in Goodwin, obviously it's well noted that Goodwin didn't really like him and then Robinson's not played them, so I'll probably stick my stick my neck in the line here and say that see if managers are not playing you consistently, probably get a wee bit of a problem. They don't think you're as good as he seems to think he is. But like, if he goes, I don't wish any ill will on the boy. You know, hopefully he goes and has a good career. We make a good bit of money off it. But like, I think it's I think he needs a change. I have seen someone say I think it was a. I can't remember who it was that said it on Pine Bottle. He's been here for 15 years. So. Mm. No, he's been here since he's five. That is a ridiculously long time to be at, some, be at a club, especially. And if it has got a wee bit of stale, then aye. You know, have a, have a clean break, get a good bit of money from mm-hmm. reinvest in the squad and let him go flourish elsewhere, if that's what he wants to do. 
Yeah, totally agree. Uh, some of the incomings that have already been announced, Trevor Carson, um, as I think we kind of speculated <laughs> that when Robinson first came in, that uh, that was a keeper that he obviously took to Morecambe on loan from Dundee United. Uh, we may have paid a bit of money for him. I'm not sure if his contracts. I don't. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's any like ridiculous amount of money that the Morecambe fans on their forum are claiming. But uh, I, I think the, I think Carson's a tremendous signing. I mm. think uh, when he was up here, he was one of the best goalkeepers in the league. He was always one. Of, I think he was. He was like in a movie to Celtic mm-hmm. under Brendan Rodgers. So yeah, I think it was just difficult for him, especially at Motherwell. Like he, it was him. And Mark Gillespie, who was obviously a, a great keeper, so you had two brilliant keepers, and they were yeah, kind of chopping and changed throughout that season before Mark Gillespie kind of found a rhythm. So that was kind of difficult for him. Um, then Dundee United he had the blood clot issue as yeah. well, obviously when yeah. he fell out the team. I think that was why they initially signed Gillespie. Was it? So, was it? Yeah, yeah but obviously he's had the problem with that. So I mean, he's probably. I, I think if Robinson was still at Motherwell, he'd still be playing every week. So mm-hmm. now he's a a really good goalkeeper. But what he, I did much of a drop-off or if any drop-off between him and Anik you know, obviously you know, I've been pretty vocal with Anik I think he's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen at St Mirren so aye, hopefully we don't see too much of a drop-off with that if any aye, it's a, a very good start you know goalkeepers are probably one of the most important positions to fill you can get a good goalkeeper then it makes the mm. makes the defender's job that wee bit easier with that bit of trust them that they've got a, a great keeper behind them yeah, it's something we've always kind of touched on, especially in Scottish football. If you do not have a great keeper, like you're not like look at that Hearts team that get relegated. Like that, look, look at the Hearts team just now. I know. You know, I think that the start with Craig Gordon saved them. I think it's what twelve points mm-hmm. this season. So I mean, twelve points is the difference between them being comfortable in front and them kind of shitting themselves and then United breathing in their neck. So especially for a goalkeeper who was finished. Who, whose body language good wasn't good enough to play for St Mirren as someone once said on the uh, Facebook group <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I actually think it was the, the regular contributor to the podcast uh, Lex uh, who oh. said that he was finished so, uh, oh. aye, that worked out really well because <laughs> Craig Gordon has since then I think he's more than likely going to take Scotland to the World Cup got in the team I think he got in one of the Teams, I think he's been in the team of the week. You know, mm-hmm. every time he's played for Scotland, he got the football player of the year, player of the year, yeah, aye, Hearts player of the year, mm-hmm. but aye, aye, finished, shite. <laughs> and um, oh, I was going to say something else. Oh well, uh, other incomings. Um, I forgot his first name, but <clears throat> Bacchus. What was his first name again? Keanu. Keanu. Oh, how could I forget that? Brilliant. Keanu, Keanu Bacchus, man, because he better be a revelation because we are going to have so many puns. Oh, for the podcast yes. names next season. Aye, he, he's made that 10 times. He's made that Matrix theme stuff that we can get out of that. There's, aye, I, I, the signings, I, I love I said at the time on Twitter, you know, I know absolutely fuck all about the guy and I'm not even going to pretend to even claim that I've watched, I think I watched him score a 20 yarder for Western Sydney Wanderers, but you know, I'm more than happy for us to go and explore a market like that. Hearts have had Success with Cammy Devlin and uh, Natty Atkinson at right back this year, who've both been really good. It's a league that people have kind of had a few pickups from in the last few years and they've impressed when they've come over to Britain. So, uh, aye, we'll see. See what happens. Really looking forward to seeing the guy play. Aye, aye not much else. What a, what a name as aye. well. Mm-hmm. Like, that's even if he's shite, I'll probably get Bacchus and six in the back of my top. <laughs> 
I mean, uh, see when he when he signed that, that's how I then found or found out that um, Western Sydney Wonders no longer follow me on Twitter. Because I remember when they first get set up, it was like I lived in Sydney for a bit, and when they were first getting set up, it was like the year before, but I'd already planned on moving. I went, okay, they're playing in black and red. I'm going to follow them, and I think I was like within their first like two thousand followers, so they followed me. And now because they're obviously much bigger than, <laughs> than they were now, they don't follow me anymore. So that's a bit disappointing. Get it up. Mm-hmm. Although there is a form, former Australian, like no, well, I think he was English, a former English player that's totally escaped my mind of who it is, who still follows me on Twitter. Is it, no, do you know who it is? It's Danny Dickio. <laughs> he's coaching. Hell, he's co- I know. And I have no idea why, but he's currently coaching in Australia. I'm sure. So there you go. That's bizarre. I know. But well, that's fair enough. Right, and um, news today. Well, obviously, we've already mentioned Marco Harry before, but also news today that we've made a bid for Newport um, defender Cameron Norman. Uh, I mean, another player I can't tell you much about, but the fans' reaction usually tells you. That's a it's a good sign. <laughs> I uh, I think I did a wee look up at the stats. I think he's I think out of forty six games he started forty five and the only other one he he had uh, he got subbed on as well. So I mean he's clearly really well regarded. Their fans seem to be losing their agony, but you know saying that they better get a good fee. But let's be honest, come on, it's it's Newport County. Yeah. As I said earlier, they'll get what they're fucking given and they'll take it. <laughs> Like they'll get that, they'll get the re nominal twenty grand. We'll take their player because no one wants to play. I think one of their fans was actually going to go at uh, Matman earlier. Then then you've got to, then you've just got to kind of go back and say like you support a Welsh team. You live in Wales and your team compete in the English leagues. And you were once like, come on. And you were once sponsored by the greatest Welsh band of all time, Goldie Looking Chain. Which might really? be, a bit, but I don't know if that was before your time, Sam. But when that greatest hits album came out, I was in high school and I fucking loved it so much so that when I was in San Francisco and I bumped into a guy in a bar who happened to be from Newport, we filled the um, the jukebox song after song from Goldie Looking Chain, which there was loads of Americans looking at us going, "What the fuck?" While we sang, "Your mother's got a penis from the top of her lungs." <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but I'll, I'll not slag Newport too much. I think it's Coventry saying pointed it to Merlin on Twitter. You know, they've, they've been in the, the fifth round of the FA Cup twice, so I don't want to go on at them too much. You know, that's like, wow, what a fucking achievement that is, lads. It's well done. We'll have your best player. You'll take 25 grand, and if you want anybody else, we'll come down and take them off your hands as well. <laughs> no stress at all. And uh, moving on to the, the the player of the year night was on Sunday just there. Um, thanks to Mark and Craig and uh, Mark's pal Allison for getting us all these links, including one of the best ones, which you, you will hear in a second as soon as I get it li- <laughs> lined up. Um, before we kind of talk about other gossip that we've heard from the player of the year thing, Connor Ronan getting player of the year. Uh, it, was, it was a must. I don't think there's anybody else you could really choose from. It was an absolute certainty, but it was he was always going to get it. He was comfortably, comfortably the best player. Obviously, there's been a few other consistent performers this season. Obviously, Big Joe, Jack, either uh, hasn't been many, has there? <laughs> nah, I think yeah, Big Joe and Jack. But maybe maybe give a wee shout out to Scott Tanzer as well. He's yeah. had a, a good debut season, but oh yeah, you know, he signed a new team. contract, which sorry, I totally forgot to mention. Yeah. Uh, aye, aye, obviously quite touched on that. You know, I mean, I think 
we were probably pretty surprised that he signed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for some of the stuff that we've we've heard, uh, you know, I, I was pretty surprised, but I mean, very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. He's a, a very good fullback, and I think uh, Robinson, Goodman, and Callum Davidson, Tommy Wright, everyone that's managed them said the same thing. You know, he's one of the best fullbacks in the league. You know, for goals, assists, like raw numbers for a position like that. He's been a, a very good signing for us. I think he's two goals and seven assists for left back. I think he's got better numbers than Dermis for last season, but uh, aye, we're not going to that again already. I've got too many folk for that on Twitter. <laughs> uh, aye, good signing. Good to, good to keep lads like that involved. You know, I think he seemed to push for a move every year for St. Johnson, so obviously shows he's a wee bit more settled living in civilization and no Perth. I heard he actually has a car now and I'm get a track that they're training. So. Nice. <laughs> Aye, that's always always a bonus. And uh, well, we mentioned player of the year, young player of the year, Jay Henderson again had to be kind of he's the only young player that's actually been Aye. given a chance this season, other than Ethan, and we know he's been too inconsistent to, to go for that. Um, the goals that Jay Henderson scored for us, or even like the assist that he's made, like that one for Connor Ronan against oh, who was that against? Why is that blanked out? What the header? Uh, Dundee. Dundee, uh, yes. Aye. Yes, Dundee. Yeah. I, he's been, I think obviously we've seen a wee bit of him at the tail end of last season when uh, injuries or whatever kind of forced us to, to bring him in. And he's been a, a revelation since. He's a, a cracking player. Really, really, really like watching him. He's one of the ones that kind of gets your arse up off the seat. He's exciting to watch. And I long may continue. I think we've got him signed in for another two years after this as well. So, yeah. uh, we've, we've still seen the best of him. I think yeah, Robinson will definitely give him a chance. Don't see why no, I don't see why he would it's probably I think right wing probably a position that you maybe don't think you're getting Steiner starting in next year. So I more than happy to see Henderson play more next season. We'll definitely see more for him in terms of goals and assists. Mm-hmm. Alan Power went up and um, it was apparently stood up to get his Young Player of the Year award when it was announced um, but I think he was the drunkest man normally I would wait to the advert break for, for this but I'm just going to play his one because we have a better one coming up soon as well but how good's this? Hi, you're Alan Power and listen to Misery Hunters <laughs> He's so drunk <laughs> the fact he says hi, oh. you're Alan Power that's like I, I don't, oh. the amount of times I've listened to that does he say you're is he saying you're Alan Power like, uh, Hi, you're Alan Power and listen to Misery Hunters. You're Misery Hunters. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Well, yeah. Good season he had as well, though. I, I mean, he was probably in Money Mash Shouts for the year before he mm-hmm. kind of dropped off the boil a wee bit. But I can move on. Yeah, I, I think. I, obviously, you... on to the, the, the gossip stuff that we felt. So, yeah, so just like... to just flat out call Jim Goodman a fucking lying bastard. Yeah, so, probably so that appropriate. Aye. Yeah, so Gogic has said that don't believe what you've heard in newspapers about him wanting to move back to Cyprus. Maybe maybe aye. he realised he just didn't want to play under Goodwin and he told Goodwin that. So what about a chance of a permanent deal? And he's like, yeah, I'm I'm going back to Cyprus. Maybe that's what it is. I would, I would give my left nut to see Gogic play for us next season. I mean, he, the backtracking effort to do on that signing, like I, I done nothing but slaughter that guy when he played for Farakis. I think there was a tweet I actually went back and deleted because I felt ashamed because I said he only <laughs> kicked people because he has no technical ability. And it's, I mean, all you need to do is watch him play a game. He's far better than anyone gives a guy credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's really good on the ball. Like um, 
he's good off the ball. Like he's especially like if we've brought this Bacchus in, like if he's a defensive midfielder, so is Gogic. Play them together. Like obviously that was a kind of style we tried to go for, and it didn't really work because Ethan was the other defensive midfielder. I mean, I, I'd like to see. It. I'd like. I'd, I'd happily keep Gogic if he if he's up for it, which maybe it sounds like. But I'm going to take it with a pinch of salt because. Isma told me at the Player of the Year that he would see me next season, and he didn't. So, lion bastard. <laughs> nah, he, he's a he's a long good one in the lion bastard category. Mm-hmm. And and Ross apparently had an exclusive where he was we were he was told that we'd signed a striker and he was very pleased for it, but he was that drunk that he doesn't remember. <laughs> Shame on you, Ross. I'm going to speculate, and I'll make up a name on Twitter and bring it out in a few weeks. Maybe it's that left. Hopefully. Like the left footed striker, Louis Moult. Uh, Moult. I would. I mean, that would be great. Or even the who's the guy that plays for Morecambe now? Uh, Obika. No, definitely not Obika. Obika is not coming <laughs> uh, back. No one wants Obika back. No, I know the guy at uh, Cole Stockton. Yes, Cole Stockton. But, uh, I would probably hedge a bet on the fact that he is well out of our price range because yeah. I think it was a. Uh, I think it was. Um, I think it might be Peterborough who were looking at signing him for seven figures and yeah. you know the Morecambe fans do seem to think that we are rich but we are not that rich <laughs> yeah but um, any more for any more I'm trying to think I can't remember any more gossip from that other than um, Alex Grieve didn't know what a bird bath was but now he does um, Joe Shaughnessy <laughs> called Ross a helmet which I haven't got that recording lined up next time we'll have it um, that'll be on next week yeah might save it for when he's actually eventually on the podcast, if he's ever on a podcast, who knows. Play it when he speaks, when you introduce <laughs> him. Every time. <laughs> Aye. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't listen to that. No, that was it, I'm sure. And Stephen McGinn's missus listens to the podcast, apparently. Hello, Ashley, if you're listening. Aye. I've, I've, I think I, I met Ashley once when uh, the day we won the league against Livingston, and I embarrassingly told her that... Uh, my husband is my favourite footballer ever. Oh, that's like a child. I love see and your a, husband. I love him. <laughs> nine, Nineteen years of age as well. Aye, aye, you weren't even like a child to get away with that. <laughs> I, was a, I was a working man. I was a year into my, my first actual proper, a year and a half into my first proper job, and embarrassed myself like that. So, mm. aye, that's what I was. Just got to take it the chin. Yeah, but we will be back after this. Hi, I'm goalkeeper Mark Howard, and you're listening to Misery Hunters. Fuck Sam Smith. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> That's why I had to get the, the Alan Power one in earlier. <laughs> I'm fucking gutted. <laughs> See, your, your face was built in there when you realised it was Mark oh. Howard. You were like, oh, and then it was like, fuck Sam Smith. Ah, oh. oh, that is fucking. That's shocking. See, when I asked that him, means to, you've, was, oh, that means you spoke to Mark. Hubbard. Yes, amazing. Man. About you? Well, kind of. <laughs> I said, I said, I was like, this is going to sound weird, but can you say this? And he went, what's weird about that? And I went, but can you end it with fuck Sam Smith? And he was like, why? And then I said, oh, it's guy in the podcast. You're his favorite footballer. Blah 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 blah. And he went, oh, I thought you were talking about the singer. Like, I quite like his music. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good. That's I, that, that was I really enjoyed that. That was that, that was, was brilliant. Fucking get in there. <laughs> That's why when all these like voice notes were coming through from the Player of the Year, especially that Alan Power one, I was like, ah, oh, but I've got the Mark Howard one lined up. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> give me his Instagram and then ask, I'll ask him for his phone number get a few things about asking <laughs> but yeah um, now it's t- well I, I actually do need to play something now it's time for hello this is Billy Mehmet and this is the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame let's do the dance thanks Billy uh, normally this is part would par- pass over to Mark but he's not bothered to show up because apparently he's got better things to do uh, however Sam has got Everything prepared. Well, uh, obviously, welcome to this week's Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame uh, inductee ceremony, as I'm renaming it last week. Uh, I think when we were kind of speaking about it in this week, in the week he was inducted to the Club's Hall of Fame, it's fitting that the, the, the best look McGinn brother also finally takes his place in the, the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame. No offence to John and Paul, but uh, uh, aye, Stephen has the best look. Mm-hmm. Stephen has the best look out of them. So uh, I thought after the... You've just reminded me one time when we were talking, like on an old, old podcast, when we were talking about how we should make a statue for like a player, and I said that we should have statues commemor- like commemorating the, the McGinn's parents, in which we said that we have one for every position, and I don't know if it was you or Ross, said that Paul McGinn was 100% a missionary baby. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, <sighs> sorry, it's just that popped into my head when you said that Stephen was the best looking one because I think we said that that was a proper, like Aye. that was a full love, like <laughs> on holiday in Tenerife, all inclusive, back to the hotel. Love, yeah, there a was a lot of love in that. In that. <laughs> but I uh, speaking of Mister and Mrs McGinn, uh, obviously Stephen's a product of the McGinn Family Academy, which is responsible for forty-five more international caps in Greenock Mountains. Uh, Stephen was the, the first of three brothers to play for the club. Uh, Stephen was born in late 1988 and played his first football for St Mern FCBC, uh, which is now St Mern Youth Football Club, who I happen to coach. Mm-hmm. But uh, stepping into the first team squad as a 17-year-old, Stephen made his debut against Cali Thistle shortly after turning 18. Uh, within a few weeks, he announced himself as our next great prospect with what was a an absolute belt to their goal uh, against Celtic. Uh, obviously, the birth of top bin, but unfortunately, we lost that game 5 1. Uh, obviously, scored again at Parkhead not too long after on the week he's 19th birthday. And while the goal was probably not as good as the first time, it was actually a what essentially was an equaliser, but nearly, very nearly, if it wasn't for. I think it was Derek Ryerden was an unlikely winner. And I, I gave me through one each chat. But, uh, you know, pretty self-explanatory with the best moment in his, his first spell at the club was October 2008 at Love Street. Uh, I don't think I need to do too much despite on this. You know, beating Rangers 1-0 for the, the last time. Last time we played them at Love Street. Their first loss there in 22 years. Collected the ball for Mark's favourite ever player. Ran in 20 yards for goal and still into a uh, much younger but still hack it and still as guilty Alan McGregor. <laughs> uh, after a further season or so uh, in the team, a strong performance, Stevie earned his big move and then signed for then Championship Watford in 2010. Established as a first team regular the following season after signing uh, what was probably going to plague him a wee bit throughout his career. Picked up the knee injury that ended his campaign and ruled him out for the majority of the following season as well and struggling to recapture 
a bit of his fitness. Stephen was given a new deal, but ultimately put the break in the side. And a bit of a shame because obviously at the time you can all remember it, Stephen McGinn was, was brilliant when he first broke front broke front of the team. He was mm-hmm. he definitely should have made a, a far higher level than he did. Without that injury, but, he would he would have got a cap for Scotland, guaranteed. Oh yeah, hundred hundred percent. He was you know, obviously we'll touch on it what he done when he came back at some point soon but uh, next up he had short spells at Sheffield United Wickham uh, alone back to Scotland where he ended up playing with his brother up at Dundee and that was up until his 28th birthday then he hit a wee bit of a lull and he was in search of regular football again then you know undisputedly his finest ever Jack Ross picks up the phone asked if he wants to leave the riches and joys of Southern England for that spiralling basket case that were 20-odd points of drift at the bottom of the league in a few games. And Paisley's ever a need. And McGinn answers. Uh, returning, quickly taking on the captain's role. He was, I mean, for me, the, I think he was the most important signing the club's made in yeah. our lifetime. Definitely mm-hmm. by, by a, a country mile. And I'm not just saying that. You know, the, guy, the guy's my, my absolute hero. He's my favourite football player of all time. Uh, it was like, there's just there's so many things, and obviously, you think of the, the turning moment. I think Mark's obviously said this to mention the goal against the New Saints, which for me, I say it every year when it comes up my Facebook memories or my Twitter memories, like it's probably the most important goal that's happened at the club. And I know it was obviously in a Challenge Cup game against a Welsh mob, but you know, that completely kind of flipped the mm-hmm. mindset and right, fuck, here we go, let's go, let's do this. And uh, he brought everybody else on in the pitch, you know, he was just a he was an incredible the last six months of the, the Great Escape season. He was, aye, he was, he was just an absolute joy to watch at times. Aye, he was, a, he was a leader that was missing from the team for a long time. Aye, he made, he made everybody else better, and mm-hmm. that's probably the best compliment you can pay a guy like that. You know, he, he raised the standard straight away. You know, we for the first six months of that season, we were watching shite like Kyle Hutton, uh, Ryan Hardy. Uh, unlucky uh, no Carlswell was a baby at that point oh, but yeah. I think uh, Scott Agnew uh, oh fucking hell man aye so obviously Stephen received the, the captain's armband which then he inspired the most probably unlikely a title ones I think everybody in the United or me I had 20 pounds on Falkirk to win the league that year <laughs> uh, they finished 8th so that was really good for me but uh, obviously inspired the most unlikely title wins and dragged us back up to top flight football played a, a massive role under Kearney as well mm-hmm. and obviously was frozen out a wee bit by Stubbs at the start came back in was essentially playing through injury I think the, yeah. the rumours were uh, you at could, that point yeah, I think was, you could tell like he was, uh, he was and, playing through pain for a lot of it and you know, just further cemented himself as a, an absolute legend you know, some of his performances under Kearney towards the end of the the season we won the playoff for Brilliant. And again, just like done the same. You know, he's, he's playing with guys like, you know, Brad Lyons, who maybe aren't the, the best players, but he brings the best mm. and absolutely everybody around him. Uh, a credit to the club. And I, unfortunately, fell out with Goodwin. I fell out a favour of the team. And even in the last season, he still had a couple of great performances. Obviously, the we stand out the team came back in against St Johnston. Uh, I think it was for a second victory that season we beat St Johnston 2-0 with Baker scored so he came on and set the standard he was, he was top notch again and you kind of show what you've been missing when you've got guys like that sitting on the bench and you're playing 
glorified journeyman like Sam Foley. But I've uh, I've got over it clearly. <laughs> uh, I don't let that affect me too much. So after he left us, unfortunately, he followed the snake to Hibs after his release. Briefly showed up for a Gus McPherson and Andy Millen reunion tour at Capilo before moving on to Kilmarnock, eh, bagging the second championship title his career by bullying Arbroath and denying probably the most popular title winners of all time in Scotland. But eh, <laughs> aye, we'll let it slide, you know. Just for him. Another, aye, we'll let it slide for him. I think he was the only person in that team I was happy for. But eh, just to round it off, speaking of his induction, Stephen said it best and the most inaccurate quote we'll leave you with. Before the joy of winning the league in Paisley, we needed the pain of the previous year. I think we need that pain before the good times come back. That's why I played in Munich and now have another league title. <laughs> to be fair, I, I, I was gutted when he got released. Like I genuinely thought, and I think everybody, including himself, thought that he would go on to do some sort of coaching role with us. Um, and it's really a shame that that's happened. Aye, it was. I t- obviously try not. You try not to the politics it too. The politics it too much, but. I think Goodwin's got a, a lot of explaining to do for being a bit of a fucking arsehole towards a guy who could have easily just kind of went and kept taking money down England, but he took a massive risk coming up to coming up to us. You know, he could have ended up being the captain who took us down into the third tier. But he never, and he deserved to be treated a lot better than he was by, yeah. by Goodwin. And hopefully, fingers crossed, one day we'll have him back, preferably as a manager, because that would be something I would absolutely get behind. Mm-hmm. And he, the, the age difference between him and John is we could have him, man- Stephen McGinn managing and John coming back to end his career at St. Lund, that'd be. Paul being the kit man or something like that. <laughs> the missionary baby in the corner. Um, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, uh, also worth mentioning that he once had a cameo appearance on Impractical Jokers when he was at Wickham because they, nice. for some reason... Then Practical Jokers went to the Wickham Stadium and were getting like penalties hit at them, like bent over or something. Like that, I'm sure. I'm sure one of them hit. I think did Steve McGinn hit one of them? I think he did. Of course he did. Of course he did. Of course, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, of course yeah. he did. That was. I just remember randomly going. Is that, is that Stephen McGinn? <laughs> yep. There's there's not much else more they can add. Don't they? I mean, the guy's just a. I said he's a Sutton legend. Mm. I think they. Obviously, a lot of people kind of throw the word in football about a wee bit too lightly, but he is, he's a legend by every stretch. He's still thought of fondly here by by everybody, basically. So, yeah. I, as we said, hopefully getting back one day and he can maybe apologise for playing for Morton. But. I mean, who else? David Van Zanten's in the Hall of Fame and he played by Morton and all, so. Craig Sampson's in the Hall of Fame, so that fucking sums it up for me. Anybody can get in. Is he? I didn't even realise. He's not in our uh, Hall of Fame, is. though, is he? So. Nah, he's not in the real one. And I guarantee you, Stephen would rather be in the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame than the St. Mirren Hall of Fame. I mean, I'd rather it be called the Stephen McGinn Hall of Fame than the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame, but I happened to be oh. too busy to present the shows at that point, and Mark took power to his head and went mental. <laughs> aye, he became a bit of a dictator, but yeah. aye, we'll let it sleep. Yeah. Just that, just that once. Unfortunately, he's left his mark, though. But um, welcome, Stephen, to the, the technically the Misery Hunters Hall of Fame, but it's just named after Billy Mehmet at the moment. <laughs> and Billy Mehmet's not even bloody in it. <laughs> Aye, Mark can do the episode he's still yeah. David Billy Mehmet's been in it. <laughs> and if he's anywhere near the all-time greats, wing. 
then that's a, that's a podcast I've not been participating. I'll probably leave the podcast that day. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> let him don't run worry. it. Don't worry, we'll get a rebranding in there soon. The only reason it's stuck so long is because he's got Billy Mehmet introducing it. We'll, we'll get this sorted eventually. Um, but thanks for listening. Um, go to miseryhunters.co.uk. You can read Andrew Christie's blog on there. Um, and obviously all our merch is on there as well uh, Alex Grieve your t-shirt is coming soon stop asking um, <laughs> you'll have it for the Livingston or after the Livingston game um, also go to paisleycraftbeer.com local delivery all that kind of thing Yeah, you will have heard the advert about the put at the start of the, <laughs> the episode anyway um, but as always oh man I, this is always, I should think about this beforehand because I can never think and then I say Alex Ray and I'm like, I'm a bit disappointed I always say Alex Ray, but fuck it. Fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Jim Goodwin. Yeah, that's a good one. Fuck Jim Goodwin. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.